0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. Luke, Chapter Twelve, verse forty nine. Of all of the passages in the Bible, this is probably one of my favorite out of all of them. It captured my heart and my imagination when I was first coming back into my faith for the, really the first time in college. This concept of the world on fire, not in a destructive kind of way, but in a renewed kind of way. The fire that Jesus is referring to is the fire of His love. The fire of the Holy Spirit. And unless we're on fire with the love of Jesus and the fire of the Holy Spirit, we have yet to really live. Unless we are on fire with the love of Jesus and the fire of the Holy Spirit, we have yet to fully live. It's interesting that Jesus talks about this fire is actually going to cause division. And you might think, like me, well, Jesus, I thought you were here, you're the Prince of Peace, right? You're here to make everyone get along with each other all the time. He makes it pretty clear in one sense, yes, in another sense, no. The division that Jesus isn't talking about isn't the kind that we've experienced through the pandemic and on social media, especially surrounding the Valley of the Both Amendment, That kind of division is not of the Lord, right? Where we are judgmental toward each other, we post things that kind of get a rise out of people, and we basically lament and complain to each other about how terrible other people are. That's not the kind of division that Jesus is talking about. The kind of division that Jesus is talking about that He can and does bring about amongst us are, on one side, those who accept His love, by repenting of their sins and living a life in the Holy Spirit and those who reject His love, His mercy, and the Holy Spirit. This is the fundamental division, not a political division, though political divisions are going to take place, not a division on social media. Those are, those are definitely going to take place. This is the division that Jesus came to bring. Will you accept my invitation of love or not? It's interesting uh, that we hear from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. (laughs) Poor Jeremiah. He gets stuck in a dried out well, completely dark, and there's mud at the bottom and he begins to sink in the mud. Maybe some of us can relate to that. (laughs) Some of us might feel like we're not really going anywhere. We feel kind of stagnant. We kind of feel heavy. We feel sadness depression, and it just feels like it's hard to do much of anything and to get excited about much of anything. Maybe we are in the position of being stagnant, but we don't even really realize it. What I love about the beginning of the new academic year, whether we're in school or not, there's just this feeling of excitement and not just from parents excited to have their kids go back to school, right, so they don't have to deal with that anymore, but the excitement of a new beginning, a fresh start. Jesus right here right now wants to give us a fresh start. He wants to draw us out of the mud and out of the dark hole that we might have been living in, that we might be feel like we feel like we're in right now. As I was reflecting this morning, the allegory of the cave from Plato came to mind. You know, Plato lived about 2500 years ago, a little bit less. And he had this image that I think is so perfect for today. Maybe some of you have known, that, heard this, if you, especially if you took a philosophy class in college. So basically the idea is this. Imagine that there are these slaves that have only known the darkness of this cave. They're chained to a wall and they're forced to look at the opposing wall. And on the opposing wall are projected images of objects behind them. <laughs> So these objects behind them, in front of that, are these flaming torches that then shed light on the objects, and those objects project onto the wall, if you can kind of get what I'm saying. It's a little bit like a little a primitive movie theater. Flames, light, shadows on the wall. These people that are chained to the wall only know the shadows. They don't know what the objects actually are, nor do they really know what real daylight looks like. So imagine one of these prisoners is able to escape from the chains and is able to make their way out into daylight for the first time. And they're not able to just see shadows of things. They're able to see the real things, real grass, real breeze, the taste of real food, of clear crystal water, the coolness, the warmth. They're able to have all of these experiences for the first time. Can you imagine what that would be like? This is kind of what we're living because the majority of us are being drawn into a world that does not exist. It's a bunch of shadows, and it's being projected to us through our screens, as you've heard me talk about again and again, because I believe this is the battle of our age, the battle for our attention I gave up uh, being on social media, Facebook was the thing when I was at the age of being into social media, and it took me about three months to really be detached from the fact that I wasn't on social media anymore. I missed not knowing what was going on with other people, when people were getting engaged, when babies were, were being brought into the world. I did write down everyone's birthdays so I could at least remember those because social media was really good about helping me remember birthdays. And I have to say it was a little bit sad not having everyone know my birthday, right? It's nice to receive like 100 people saying, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday on your wall, right? But about after three months, I legitimately forgot that the majority of people spend a lot of their life in a world that doesn't exist. This world of social media and being online. Being online, you know everything is tailored to your interests. I think you've picked up on this already. If you go to any social media, if you go to YouTube, if you go to any webpage at this point, everything has been tailored to you based on your viewing history and what they know they can sell you in such a way that it will draw you more in. As someone said on this documentary, if you aren't paying for it, you are the product, okay? You're the one being sold, okay? And we're, we bought in hook, line, and sinker. The really dangerous thing is when we get sucked into whatever our little well is, our little cave, that's all we see are these shadowy images that they want to project and that distort our view of reality and distort our view of other people. Jesus came to cause division amongst us not by saying that they're terrible and we're so great but because some of us have decided to leave the false world and the lies behind and to come into real life. Welcome to real life. I'm a high school chaplain and this is my primary job description. Helping teenagers live in real life. I-R-L. There's even an acronym for it. In real life, right? <laughs> my job and for all of us here, is helping draw us all out into in real life. It's not real. Your screen is not real. It is not going to give you love and affection. and is not going to fill that place, that hole in your heart. Only Jesus' love will. So if you're ready to take a step out of the cave with me into daylight, having a little bit more daylight in your life, let's listen to the book of Hebrews because the author is going to give us some amazing advice to step out into the light and to leave the shadows and the lies behind. Listen to this first line. Let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So much of our life will be determined by where we fix our eyes. If we fix our eyes on a screen, that is what we will get, a screen that is not a real person, that gives us a feeling and a hit of dopamine, that sense of pleasure, while actually not giving us the real thing. If we look at screens, all we will get are screens. If we keep our eyes fixed on the most real thing, which is Jesus Christ, we get everything. We get everything. And the only thing that is left behind are things that are only going to suffocate our authentic happiness. The first step is repenting of our sin and leaving it behind. Maybe we're stuck in the mud because we have yet to acknowledge that we're sinners and to say that we're sorry to God. I am so sorry for the things that I've done to hurt you. If it's been more than a few months, now is the time to renew, to be renewed in his love and his mercy. Again, there's only two categories of people, those that receive and accept Jesus' mercy and those that don't, receive it, reject it, ignore it, or pretend like it's not there? Which category will we fall in as we begin this new academic year? And then finally, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. How can we do this practically? I have a lot of people that come to me um, suffering from some kind of addiction. And my first question that usually comes out of my mouth, because I can sympathize, we've all, we all currently have addictions that we're that we're fighting, bigger or smaller, if nothing else, then to our phone, right? The first question I ask, are you spending 15 to 30 minutes with Jesus in prayer every day? Are you spending 15 to 30 minutes in silence with Jesus every day? If you are not, there, that hole in your heart will still be there. And the evil one is happy to present options to fill that hole with if we spend that 15 to 30 minutes with Jesus, especially first thing in the day, that hole is filled, whether we feel it or not, and our willpower is strengthened so that we don't go grasping for other things to fill the hole, whatever it might be. So if you want to live in the light, if you want to leave the cave, if you want to enter into reality that is Jesus Christ, the first step is stepping into reality for 15 to 30 minutes at the beginning of every day. 15 to 30 minutes whether we're giving thanks to God reading the scripture for the day reading one of the gospels it doesn't really matter so much what you do as setting the time aside for Jesus and persevere if you fail to do it one day start again the next begin again and again and again and the second suggestion that I have all centers around the Eucharist the more the mass becomes the center of your life and not just an afterthought the more you're going to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Many of us are coming, you know, finishing the summer of vacation and things. How many of us, while planning vacation, said, we can't go here because we won't be able to make it to Mass on Sunday. Let's go here because we will be able to make it to Mass on Sunday. Has that even been a factor at all in our plans? But the same is true for the school year, too. Are we making our plans around Mass Or is Mass around all of our other commitments? That shows where our heart and our eyes are fixed. We have a perpetual adoration chapel where we can literally look at Jesus anytime we want to, day or night, keeping our eyes fixed on Him. So the other suggestion that I have besides the 15 to 30 minutes with Jesus every morning, making Mass the center and making Sunday Mass non-negotiable. I am going to Mass every Sunday, unless you're, of course, seriously sick. I am making it to Mass every Sunday. We as Catholics have become so lax because we're looking at what everyone else is doing, and no one else seems to care. So why should we care about Sunday Mass? We don't look at other people as our criteria. We look at Jesus Christ as our criteria. He's given us 168 hours every week All he asks is for one back to give him thanks. Jesus, you are the truth. You are reality. Jesus, we ask you, we surrender our false realities to you. We surrender our addictions. We surrender our screens. We surrender our divided attention. We surrender it all to you, Jesus. We ask you to fix our eyes and our hearts on you as you make yourself completely radically present in this Eucharist. Jesus, we repent of any of the ways we have put our attention on anything else besides you. Jesus, we want to keep our eyes fixed on you. Jesus, draw us out of the darkness of our own anxiety, our self-made aloneness, our heaviness, our depression, draw us out now, Jesus. We give ourselves to you. We recommit ourselves to you right here, right now, in your most holy name. Amen.